And here comes Milwaukee. Forbes another three. Oh no! <laughs> this is the Random Scrub Heat Podcast. What's up, boys and girls? We're back with another episode of the Random Scrub Heat Podcast. As always, I'm your host, LJ Cascon. As pretty much always, we have hot take Harry over here. And seldomly, but today we do have the Thunder from Dan Under. We got George here to talk about some basketball, and that's exactly what we're going to do. Speaking of, the, uh, we, we, we pushed back our recording time a little bit because we got the news of Tyler and Bam coming back. So that's where we're going to lead off because that's what everyone wants to hear, right? This team, who is more or less treaded water, right? The last few weeks. Well, the last time we were on, we talked about that they had a stretch coming up here where they could have strung together a couple wins. They beat Toronto in Toronto. Solid win, admittedly. They beat Charlotte twice. You're expected to do that. They had a little trouble the first time around, but they took care of business in Charlotte. Again, I was there for that game, and I have a funny story that I'll tell at the end here. But then they lost to Cleveland. No one had a good game there. Kind of, you know, wishy-washy. And then they played Chicago twice. They struggled both times with Chicago. An embarrassing loss on your home floor the first time around. Only the Bulls' third road win of the season, courtesy of the Miami Heat. That happened. And then we would be having a much different sense here, a much different discussion, had Jimmy not bailed them out in that second game against Chicago, in that back-to-back home set with Chicago, as the NBA has been doing a lot more now. Things would be a lot different, like I said, had Jimmy not been Jimmy Butler. Right, He was postseason Jimmy in that Chicago game. DeMar was dueling with him for like that entire game and was getting the best of him, or the better of him, I should say, for the first like 55 minutes. Jimmy comes back, hits that huge shot. I know we'll get into some other issues that the Heat have been having, but the Heat, we thought they could string together a couple wins here. They have. They're 15 and 10. They're, they're getting back really, really, really big additions. We know that their defense desperately needs it. Bam Adebayo, Tyler Hero coming back for the Monday game against Minnesota. The good news, you're getting your defense back. You're getting back a spark on offense. The bad news, you're playing the 19-5 and Minnesota Timberwolves, who are a very, very tall team, a team that is going to crowd the paint, a team that has Ann Edwards, who future Miami Heat superstar Anthony Edwards, by the way, just make sure we jot that down, everybody. We're calling it now. For what so when it happens, you know, you can say that the, the random scrub he podcast had it first. He's coming to town and it's going to be an interesting game. The Heat put up a good fight without Jimmy that first time around in Minnesota before we really knew that these Timberwolves were going to be this good. Now Jimmy assumably will play. Uh Kyle Lowry will be ruled out. How do you guys feel about this upcoming slate now? Getting Bam back, getting the defense right, maybe getting a little more offensive zhuzh with Tyler. How do you guys feel about the, the two massive comebacks that are coming for the heat now? Um, I'm more anticipating the one return more than the two. And I, I hate to be this type of person. I'm more, I'm more excited for one than the other. I'm just going to put that out straight away. The heats in the last seven games, which Bam has been out have been 22nd in the NBA in defensive rating opposed to the 13, 13th place that they were in when Bam was playing. Now, we're not blind. We can see that in these seven games, our defense has been pretty abysmal. Like, there's been some bright spots in terms of play, like single singular player performance, but overall, without Bam, there's no. When you take away the anchor, it's very, 
dog eat dog out there. It's very, you know, go get your own sort of thing. There's not, there's not, the, the sets haven't been running as well. People have been kind of slow on rotation. You're looking to outscore your opponent more than you are to stop them, which I get it. You know, Bam is the anchor. Bam is the guy that does, puts it all together for us. He can guard one through five. And you can't understate how good of a defender he's become uh, in his tenure for the Miami Heat. But with him coming back, you can really see Kevin Love's type players like Kevin Love, like Caleb Martin, smooth into that backup for you know the, the, that four role that that you know your job is to shoot and then defend at a medium to high level instead of your job is to shoot constantly and play defense at a superiorly high level. So it's going to help the team out and their longevity because I don't know about you, but Kevin Love playing all those minutes, he's been averaging 20, 22 in those seven games that um, that Ben's been out. He's old. He's old. We can't we can't go against the grain here and say otherwise. He's old. And it sucks that he has to play that much. It's nice to see his ascension a little bit in recent times. But plays like that will benefit greatly. But it becomes so much more interesting and so much of it blows the argument open when you talk about Tyler Hero coming back because with Bam, it's mostly all positive connotations with him coming back. You know, you're gonna see some players rest, you're gonna see some some defensive sets executed at a higher level. With Tyler, though, it does come with with its share of negative connotations as well. Like, yes, the team has struggled offensively at times, and Tyler could definitely help that. The issue is, when you look at the seven games he's been out, Duncan Roberts has been averaging 15, 40, 48% shooting, 43% from three, uh, four assists, three, three rebounds, and has played solid enough defense. Now, Duncan's entire season can be summed up more than these seven games. He's been playing phenomenal. phenomenal. Even when Tyler was the only one out, he took a big, big leap, and he's averaged close to 18 points a game. Now, with him coming back, the question that everyone, that's on everyone's mind but it shouldn't be is, will he start? Absolutely, he will start. Tyler Hero will be starting for the Miami Heat when he comes back on Wednesday. So... I think it's just a matter of time, and it's going to see what's you know what's actually going to happen. George's dog is not happy that Tyler Hero is going to be starting. Much like a lot of Heat Nation, his dog kind of wants to see Tyler come off the bench because Ken Robinson, as, as George kind of pointed to, also was giving them good minutes, and I liked what I saw from Duncan starting. And the Heat, I know we said what well, we want a little more of an offensive push, but I mean they're still in the bottom half of the league at 113 points per game. Uh, the top five teams in the NBA all average over 120. Maybe Tyler can help in that regard, but it's it, it's so hard to see that you know, Harry, I see the look on your face. You know he's going to take a good chunk of that offense. I, I Do you think the ball's going to just stick again when he comes back, or is he going to try to maybe get more into the flow of the team offense? I'm not sure, to be honest. I was kind of hoping that after he had the injury in the postseason last year that he kind of saw the ball move better without him. And he seemed to come back like he wanted, you know, to be the all-star this year. He's just not that guy. Um, it doesn't really help the team flow a lot better. And so I don't think it's going to matter so much for Duncan, whether he starts or is off the bench, because – He's been able to find his shots in different ways than he has. But essentially, uh, you know, 
Duncan has really found that he's basically our best dribbler, like guy that can get to the basket, and essentially that's kind of opened up his game. Um, so you'd kind of want Tyler to to play more like Duncan if they're going to throw him back into the starting lineup because for some reason, and it might be weird tomorrow because no no Kyle, and then we're playing probably one of the best defenses in the NBA. We really have to see like what what happens with these guys coming back. Um, I think there's going to be an adjustment period offensively because yeah, you you get more offense with Tyler out there, but I don't necessarily know if it helps everybody else around him. And then like George was discussing, you obviously need you know you need Bam out there for his defense. They've missed that a lot. They've been a they've been a pretty bad defensive team without Bam. I think missing Haywood also was a problem for them. Um, they just could not keep guys out of the paint in any of these games. And, you know, it was causing issues. So when they're, you know, they're, they're basically an average offensive team and they're playing below average defense, those are tough games to win. And so the thought would be, Hey, getting these guys back is definitely going to help the team. They could like, you're, you're showing they can give Kyle a little bit of rest because he's been playing a ton. But LJ, I just think like, I don't think this I don't think this team is set up for like offensive success. Even with everybody healthy, I don't think the way they play is beneficial to their own styles and it's beneficial to a 2023-2024 NBA style. They have no one that really can get into the paint consistently except as we were saying Duncan. They don't do a lot to get Bam easy looks. Bam's taking a lot of jumpers, which is you know, hey, it's good he's willing to shoot them because for years we were always like he has to take shots, but they don't. Nothing's easy for this team, and then you're depending a lot on Jimmy to get to the line. I mean, him and Bam are the two guys that are consistently getting to the free throw line, so they don't get easy points at the line from anyone except those two. Um, they're not doing a lot of dribble penetration because they just don't have guys that is their game. Um, and then they're depending a lot on the three ball. They're the number one three-point shooting team in the NBA right now. But I think that's not great because you would think that they would be a better offense, right? If you're the number one three-point shooting team in the NBA, you would expect the offense to be top 10 or a bit better, and they're very middling. So I just saw also, just to, to jump in real quick, you mentioned the free throws, and that, that's kind of you know been a cause for concern too. They're, they're, they hover in the middle. I know their rim pressure is not great. And they're they're a middling like middle of the road team when it comes to free throws. They shoot about let's see twenty, or they give up twenty a game while they're only shooting about twenty three a game themselves, and they're making nineteen. So the percentage is good, but I mean we're seeing Giannis the other night. I know this isn't a fair comparison, but Giannis the other night got thirty two free throws on his own. The Heat as a team are only getting about twenty three a game. That's that's not great. But I, I, to, to play devil's advocate, though, on the defensive side of the ball, they, they're only giving up 20, so they're not fouling that much. They survived the BAM absence as he comes back. The Heater ranked as a top 10 defense, just squeaking in there at number 10. Minnesota, as you said, Harry, too, one of the best. They're number two in the NBA, giving up only 105 points per game. It's hard to score on them. They protect the paint without fouling. It's going to be a rugged game for the Heat. I... I don't know if it was the best game to bring Tyler back in. Like, hey, here's the second best defense in the NBA. Go crazy. I 
I just want to let you guys guess. If you don't know, if you guys do know, then I guess just refrain from guessing. But if you don't know, who do you think is the best defense statistically in the NBA right now? I believe those are the Timberwolves, but obviously it's not. It's it's um, more, it's extremely marginal, but this one team edges them out by like the slimmest margin. Celtics? The Celtics are three. Three. Hmm. So right know. there. It's, not, it's not a team. Would just guess. in terms of defensive rating, or what we're talking about here, to, to, to points of the Point, paint. Points given up. Points given up in total. It's not a team you would expect. For the sake of dead air, I'll just say it. It's, it's the, the Magic. Houston it's the Houston Rockets. Magic are four. Uh, the Houston Rockets. We did a good job of naming everything but the number one. You all those teams you listed though are teams you would expect, at least based on the season standings, to think that okay. This team would be pretty good on defense. The Magic have had a really, really nice run. I know their defensive numbers are a little bit uh, took a hit from their game against the Celtics, but it's it's not the greatest game for Tyler to come back from. But I wanted to shift focus here. People are saying, like like we were just saying, Tyler coming back is a little iffy for me personally for Duncan Robinson taking away shots. Harry, you don't think it's necessarily a huge detriment to Duncan? I think this player might be seeing his shots a little more affected, or at least his role in offense a little bit more affected, and that's Jaime Jaquez. He has been absolutely incredible. In my opinion, the number two rookie in this draft. The number one rookie selected in this draft. I think Chet has been the best rookie overall, but I, I, I think that Jaime was the best p- player that was picked in this most recent draft anyway. Over and he's Wemby? found his niche. What would you say, George? Over Wemby? I, I think Jaime's been better than Wemby, yes. Yeah, how many did they lose 19 in a row? Screw that. Exactly. I don't I I don't vibe with that. Hame contributes to winning. Wemby is, eh, you know, I, I want to piss people off with that take, so I'm gonna completely keep riding it. Pause, resume. I think personally though that Hame has carved out a really nice niche. He's found what works in the NBA. Royal talked about it on the postgame the other night. It's hard to see him hitting that quote unquote rookie wall because Hame's offense isn't predicated on getting open or, or just hitting wide open shots or getting out in transition and getting free baskets. He does those things, but that's not what his game is. His game's built on mechanics, footwork, cutting. You don't just hit a wall when it comes to reading a defense. You don't just hit a wall when it comes to fundamentals in the post. Sure, his numbers from three, because he was shooting roughly 50% from three in his last like 10 games, that can change, but his overall offense and sense of the game, it's not the way a, a normal rookie plays. So I feel like he's still going to have his role carved out. He's still going to be productive. But Tyler taking some of those opportunities, it's weird because they don't play the same position, but they've been filling in for one another kind of. And I I feel like Hame might take the biggest hit from Tyler coming back. And that scares me because I think Hame has been better than Duncan. I think Hame has arguably been their third best player this season behind Jimmy and Bam, especially consistently like from a consistency standpoint. Hame's always there in the games that they're losing. He's scoring 20 plus points. Like he's doing what he needs to do. And he, he would, he's crossed over Giannis already. He gave DeRozan the business at the top of the key last night. Like this dude is doing this against extremely talented NBA defenders, all NBA type defenders. And so I, I just feel like what I'm seeing is it's not going to go away, but I'm hesitant to say that the, the quantity of opportunities will stay the same when Tyler comes back. I, I agree, and it speaks to that point. The, the point I was making before I had to, to jump off quickly. The And we've already brought it up. We've already spoken about it, but I'll, I'll reiterate. The, 
Tyler come back is a good thing. Let's not let's not sugarcoat it. Let's not beat around the bush. It is a good thing because he is before he was injured, he was playing out of his mind. He was playing fantastic ball. The only issue with it now is other players have found their niche. Other players have found their their role. Have found their their you know their consistency in the in the absence now. Throwing in an offensive spanner like Tyler Hero is going to have some adverse effects. And the two players, like we've already mentioned, that will take the suffrage for it are Jaime Jaquez and, and Duncan Robertson. Now, it's up to Spo now to mitigate as much of that negative connotation as possible and that, that those negative effects as possible. Because if you're subsiding everything that you've worked for over the last... Uh, I don't know he's been he played eight games, so nearly twenty games he's been out for now, like close to approaching that number rapidly. If you destroy everything you worked for there, just to, just for the sake of bringing him in, what are we what are we doing here? And that's because I feel like that's the way that 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 they're gonna they're gonna approach this, which is just he's your thirty eight minutes a game again, or who's your he's your thirty six minutes a game again? He's your twenty two shots. Go ham, go crazy, enjoy yourself. Like I don't want, I don't want that at all. I would much rather if he is going to appear tomorrow, if he is going to play. I would much rather it be off the bench in a role with sixteen minutes a game, to get him some easy looks, to get him back into the swing, and then adjust him over time. Now, he's not Durant, he's not Bradley Beal, he's not. Oh, okay. Oh. Oh, Prime oh. Bradley Beal, no. Hold Prime up. Day Bradley Beal? Uh, no, no, okay. Yes. I, I was thinking only injured players, and that's the first one that came to my head. Okay, he is definitely better than Bradley Beal, I think. I I, I, I think he's better than Bradley Beal, but we'll, we'll have to let time, you know, and, and his game dictate that conversation. But he's not Durant. He's not players that have been injured and played on a high level where you can you just physically can't bench them and play them on a, on a massive minutes restriction and stuff like that. You're Tyler Hero. You will do what the coach should tell you to do. And it's the, and you're still young. You've still got a, a plenty to learn in the NBA, plenty to, to achieve, plenty to prove. You shouldn't have a problem with coming off the bench and playing 18 minutes a game for the first one or two games. And then once you hit your rhythm, if you if you can break yourself into that rotation again, and that's a word I hate, hate using because he shouldn't have to break himself back into the rotation, but... In, in your absence, Hamer Hakez and Duncan Robertson have absolutely played incredibly. So who loses out there? Because you can't you can't you can only take so many minutes away from Kyle Lowry that he was gonna that they were gonna play alongside each other as well. There's only so many minutes you can take away from Jimmy. There's only so, so many minutes you can take away from players like Caleb Martin, who by the way, speaking of free throws, he's having a piss poor attempt at it. His poor, his last seven games, I'll bring up the numbers now. 1.7 free throws made on three attempts, 57.1%. While shooting, 50 and 47% from the from three. Who is this again? Caleb Barton. There you go. Like, how can you shoot 50 and 47% from the from three? But then he proceeded to hit 57% of your free throw attempts. And a player that gets to the rim, who, who makes himself known, makes his presence felt in the, in the paint. That's that's a little bit concerning. He looks like he's got that hitch back in his shot again. I've said, I've said this a million times, but right before he really started to work to get to improve as, as a shooter, 
right before then he was he had this little hitching shot, like a, the Charles Barkley golf shot, where it was just it got to a certain point and something clicked, like he just looks like something clicked and he throws the ball. And it's terrible. But he does it the free throw line too. It looks like he gets tense. Maybe it's just shaking off a bit of the rust from, from his injury, but hopefully that doesn't continue. But getting back getting back on topic, playing him off the bench, especially the Minnesota game, you let Duncan start. You let Duncan start. And you put him in six minutes in left in the first quarter. You bring him in. Once the defense has softened up a bit, once the flow of the game has gotten going, bringing him off the bat and playing him straight away would be it would work. It, it's just, it's so against the grain. It's so against the grain. And and I, I would hate to see that that's the way that they approach that. But it's, it's, I suppose, decision at the end of the day. I can't say anything about that. And you and I both know that he is going to start. I think we all know, Harry included, I think we all know that when that starting five graphic gets posted to Twitter from the Miami Heat account, Tyler's smug ass is going to be right there. And he's, he's going to start. And that it's unfair to Duncan, but at the same time, it's like it would be unfair to Tyler. I hate it when players lose their starting job to injury. That's stupid, and I don't think that should be a thing. But there's enough evidence to show that the starting five, at least, and, and the bench unit, too, would also be helping with Tyler Hero coming off the bench, the starting five would play good, and the bench unit would instantaneously become, as I've said on this podcast before, probably the best bench unit of basketball, if that were to happen. But I, I don't think that they would do that. They didn't pay him to come off the bench, so I don't think they're going to make him come off the bench. It's not a Kyle Lowry situation, like last year where they said, you know, well, he had the personal things and he had the injuries, so we'll bring him off the bench let Gabe start. I don't think that's going to be the same thing here. But Harry, how do you see the whole situation coming back who whose minutes do you think he kind of takes a chomp out of the most i uh, better not be Jaime. that's insane uh he's been like one of our most consistent players so you know i think the same way that jaime comes off the bench and closes the game like i don't think there should be a lot of uh taking away his minutes i think you could probably take away some of kyle's minutes he's been playing a ton I, that's not going to hold up i think that's a big reason why they're giving him the day off tomorrow um, can probably Caleb's been good, but you can probably pull some minutes away from him. I'm just worried that his knee's going to give out a little bit. Um, I mean, who I just, I'm like, who are you really taking away? I don't, uh, I don't really want, I don't want him on the team. Sorry, I'm just thinking like out loud. I just really don't want him here. So that's why you're here, though, Harry. Some unfiltered yeah. raw thoughts. So he's so great. He's coming back. He's going to take minutes from guys. I just hope he's efficient. I have, you know, my thing with Hero has just been he had that great six man of the year, and it was definitely his best and most efficient year as a pro. They threw him in the starting lineup the year after because they signed him to the extension. It's never been a clean fit. Even when Tyler was a rookie. And he had to start some games due to injuries in the bubble. He looked so uncomfortable. He's never looked that good as a starter. You know, I tried to, I tried to justify it early on because I was trying to see what the Heat saw in him and why they paid him all this money and why they made him a starter when he was better off the bench. But it just feels like so many times they're, you know, they're they're trying to make this fit work. Like they have so much faith in him, they have to be right about him. Maybe they're just wrong about him. Like, 
maybe he doesn't fit that well with Jimmy and Bam, right? He's he's basically been he's supposed to be the third the third guy, the third star. I mean, the team went to the finals when you know after he got hurt last year. They didn't seem to really miss a beat until they just ran into a juggernaut on the other side in the in the Nuggets. So I want to be wrong because I don't really want this team to struggle. Um, the games are boring; like they're not exciting. Boo! Boo! I'm just acting like I'm just acting like hate Twitter right now. Boo! Why are you booing me? I'm right. Boo! <laughs> like even I was thinking yesterday. So you have a great buzzer beater, and obviously, like it, that's a cool way to win the game, but. This is not an exciting team. They have to work for everything that they get. I think that there's, you know, this is an issue they've had for years now. And, you know, I think we're going to talk about it a bit later, LJ, but the fourth quarter struggles are very real. Like this is a team that could be up by huge numbers going into the fourth or in the middle of the fourth. And that lead could evaporate like that a lot of times when you watch them play in these fourth quarters it's like they're in quicksand and the quicker like the more they move the quicker they sink and it's just crazy watching this team that's been together for so long that is like in the playoffs they're very good at closing games like they've had some of the craziest comebacks and closes in the playoffs with basically a very similar roster i don't understand why um you know spo would say hey you know like when all the close games last year, he was like, yeah, we're figuring it out. What are they figuring out now? Like that was the struggle last year, right? That they couldn't close games. That they couldn't. Why is this still an issue? Is it mental? You know, do they just not care? And they, they take their foot off the gas. And in today's NBA, you know, a 15-point lead is gone with five threes real fast. You know, I'm not sure what that is. I don't know why we have to watch them struggle. I don't know why – we have to pretend it's fine. And I don't know why um, as fans we have to like say, oh, yeah, this team will be fine once they get healthy. This team will never get healthy. If Bam and Hero are coming back tomorrow, someone else will get injured tomorrow night. I, I, pro- I promise. Like someone will get hurt. It's just the way this team has been. I don't think they've been healthy for an entire game. Like, for, like I remember every time someone comes back, someone gets hurt. So let's hope I'm wrong. Let's hope no one gets hurt tomorrow. Let's hope they can bring Kyle back whenever that is. Um, and they can start to figure this out. And then, you know, in a couple months, a couple months, in a month and a half, when we're looking at trades, we can do something. Because I don't care that this team can make it back to the postseason. I've seen what they can do from the eighth seed. I know they can win playoff series. I promise you they're going to beat the 76ers if they play them. Like, no doubt in my mind. That team's ass. I don't care what the record is. I don't care if they have the best record in the NBA. They're they're shit. Um, I know Doc Rivers is gone. They're still shit. And so I don't care about that. And I don't care about making the finals anymore. The Heat made the finals seven times. Like, that's a lot of finals. Great. I want another championship. Am I spoiled? Whatever. I don't know. Maybe. I guess that's entitled. your opinion. Entitled. Yeah. Am I, am I entitled? I don't know. I don't I've always up. hated that argument too so much because it's like, yes, from like without context, but when you add it in context of that's our mindset because that's the perception the organization is feeding us, like that, that's what they're portraying. The organization is showing that, is building that up, holding that on a pedestal, saying, Hey, there's me or there's misery and there's winning. 
we're going to win. You peddle that nonsense, and when we're not reaching that pinnacle, we're upset because what have we been told? We've been shown the only way to do it is by going for the whale. That, that there's a reason that there's that it's that that's the saying is to get a whale going whale hunting. They haven't gotten one in a while, but that's okay because we know that they'll they'll find a way to make something work. Expose a phenomenal coach, but at some point they do need to do something because it is very very stale. We've said but, that. Done, but, but LJ, you hold on, George. You you remember from to me? You remember the great seasons because of what they led to, right? So like, yeah, I don't remember the slogging. I I've completely forgotten the 2012. Miami Heat stretch where they lost like six games out of the All Star break. Like, well, you're like, like LJ. You remember the 2005 season when Wade hurt his rib and they lost because they came back the next year, retooled and won it all. Like, that's why, that's why that's a stepping stone on the story. That's so you know, as Giannis would say, that's not a, you know, that wasn't a failure. That was just um, the journey to success. So the steps to winning, yeah, the, yeah, the steps to success. Um, but no one, no one goes back and says, "Oh my God, what a great series!" When we were up, you know, up three games to two, Wade gets hurt and we lose in seven. Like, that's not fun. Losing isn't fun. I don't, you know, you could take things from every series. You could see growth in players. You can, you can see where the next step is about to be taken. But, like, I don't want to go Jimmy's whole Heat career and say, "Wow, we were so close. We were right there, and we never did anything to win." Like. Good for you if that's your attitude. Like, Mazel tov if that's what you like and you get enjoyment out of that. Like, congrats. Bizarre. Um, yeah. I mean, you're – that's a loser mentality. That's a losing mentality. Like People love you... a good underdog story, but this organization has never won a championship by being the underdog in, like, a, a talent perspective of the team. Yes, they were not favored against Dallas in 2006, right? They were favored in 2011. They were favored in 2012 by some. They were kind of underdogs against that upstart Thunder team. They were favored against the Spurs, and then they were favored against the Spurs again. It, they had. They went out. They got the talent. They were expected to win. They lived up to those expectations. It, it is what it is, and that's. They, this organization has never won by building it, getting it out of the mud, right? But that's what they've been doing lately, and they've been very successful, in the grand scheme of things. But they haven't exactly capped it off and i don't want this whole podcast to sound like we're just bashing tyler because i like him a lot as a person i want that to be known i, I think he's a funny dude i like him as a person i like him as a player i like him a lot as an idea for the heat i just haven't liked the execution i feel like the heat have not exactly put tyler in the great the greatest positions to succeed when they put him off the bench he was succeeding and then they put all the nonsense into his head as hey next step is to start let's see how that goes the, after the, the finals run in the bubble, they rushed him into that starting role that next season. He was not ready for that. He was not ready to play make. He was still very, very, very green. It, it it didn't work that year. Then they took a step back, took him off the bench again. What happened? One six man of the year. And now it's the rest is history. We're not putting him in. I say we as the organization, obviously. They're, they're not putting him in positions to what I feel like is, is succeeding. They're putting him in the offense where he bogs it down. It, it's kind of... I don't mean this in a, in a disingenuous way. I mean, in a complimentary way is like this type of score Carmelo Anthony was, that's what Tyler is trying to embody. But Carmelo also that dude stopped the fucking ball every time he touched it. And that hurt his offenses in the playoffs. Melo made what one conference final. 
because the ball would stop. The offense would change in the playoffs and things were just different. And it, it, it didn't work out the same way. And I want the heat to put Tyler in better position to succeed because he is very talented. Like George said at the top of the podcast, when he comes back, that is a good thing that Tyler is coming back. That is in no way a negative. He is a talented player, but the position that he's being put in, I think is a little unfair and he needs, it's just it's not indicative of the type of player he is. He needs to do better in his role currently, but they also need to do a better job of putting him in those better positions off the bench. We know they won't, so it's all a complete moot point. But Harry touched on it, honestly, with the fourth quarters, what I am uh, actually going in and copywriting as the fart quarters. You know the third quarters, but the, the third quarters haven't been as stinky this season. It's been the fart quarters that have been really leaving out some nasty-ass gas this year. And it hasn't just been this year, as Harry said. I wanted to, to, to intervene when Harry was saying it too, because it's not just been this year, I should say. It's been since Jimmy's first year. This team would not know how to close games. It got overshadowed because they had those two months off where everyone got healthy, everyone gelled, and then they came back in the bubble. The first year, or the, not the first year, the third year, the iteration where they were the number one seed, there were plenty of times where they blew fourth quarters, fourth quarter leads, they would hold on to the game. So again, out of sight, out of mind. And then last year, we know the you know, clutch game record. Every game's a clutch game, blah, blah, blah. It's been the same shit this year. And the definition of insanity is doing the same thing every single time and expecting a different result. I, I It's those who ignore history are forced to repeat it, right? And by running it back, I hate the stupid phrase of it, but continuing to do the same thing and them to expect that, okay, we're actually going to start blowing teams out. We're going to take a big lead and in the fourth quarter. We're going to hold on to it. They blew just last night against the Bulls, right? The, the Bulls, the Heat came out hot, blew like an early 15-point lead or whatever it was. Then second quarter, blah, blah, blah. Let, trailed by like five at halftime. Then ended the third quarter up 11, right? We're thinking, smooth sailing, baby. No. They trailed by four again with a couple minutes left. Jimmy Heroics, out of sight, out of mind. Object permanence of an infant. We don't see it. We don't acknowledge it. It doesn't matter anymore because we won, so we're going to ignore it because we feel good. No, it... Their offense, and like Harry said too, I don't know if it's because they're tired, they're bored, because it's the regular season. Games in the postseason last year were clutch too, but because they had so many of them in the regular season, they knew how to really work it, right? We were saying during the run last year, anytime it's a close game in the fourth quarter of any playoff game, we feel very confident in the Heat because they've been here, they've done it the whole year, they know how to run their fourth quarter offense now. It shouldn't take that long you shouldn't see that again this year in the regular season after you had 82 games of that last year and that long playoff run last year where it was still an issue. Something needs to be done. Is it because they don't have a true point guard? I don't want to shit on Kyle too much right now because he's had, for you know, related, relative to expectations, he's had a good year for them so far. He'll have the occasional stinker where he looks like a 40-year-old loser. It's just what it is. I, I, I don't want to be too mean on him, so I'm just going to leave it to a PG insult as a 40-year-old loser because that's what it's looked like sometimes. Then he'll have other games like the other night where he'll drop 17. Excuse me, the, the, the second game against the Hornets, he had 17. Like The dude just is ignitable, and then he looks great. But it's not consistent enough to really run the offense. That's why they brought him in. Remember the first year they said, well, with Kyle coming in here to run the offense, it's going to get Bam more looks. It's going to force Bam to be more aggressive. While that has kind of been true in the fourth quarter, they go away from Bam all the time. It becomes iso ball. They hold on to it for 20 seconds before doing anything on the shot clock. It sh I don't know what 
had a, like a, the finite reason as to why it has been a serious issue for going on almost four seasons now with a relative same group, you should have figured this out already. You should have. What do you, what, what do you guys, am I missing something here? What do you guys think the actual issue is and why they can't seem to hold on to a lead in the fourth quarter? The one constant with the Miami Heat in the last four seasons, and I mean the one constant, and take this at face value. I'm not trying to be too harsh on the guy. He's been the best at his job in the entire world for I don't know how long now, nearly over a decade. It's Eric Spolstra. And I think it comes down to him. The thing that Spo likes to do is he likes to rest. He likes to rest players against the grain. Now, you look at Kobe White yesterday, 18 points in the fourth quarter. You look at DeMar DeRozan, 10 points with four minutes to go. There has to be something that clicks into your mind that says, okay, there's no point of emphasis here in which we're trying to get stops. The rotations don't speak to that. They don't speak to that. You don't see Jimmy playing, you know, all 12 minutes. You don't see you know, Hayward Highsmith trying to play 10 to 12 minutes of that, that quarter. You don't see that. I feel like it takes a real big, it, just, it, it takes a massive toll on the team when you're trying to play against the grain. You're trying to put offensive players when you should be getting stops. There should be no situation where Kobe White is doing all of this stuff 24-7. Like, it, coming into the, like, he was playing crap the whole game and the fourth quarter finally ignites for 18 points. Put a play on him. Put double team him. Put two. Do something. Like, you can draw the fourth quarters up to a bunch of stuff, but I think that that's the massive amount of things. It's like you, you got rotations, you got shot selection, you've got intensity. Forty-eight minutes of basketball is not easy, you know, for, at that high of a level. You know, you can't get stops on the best offensive players in the NBA in the world. You know, that's that's who they are. We 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 talk in relatives when we speak about the Chicago Bulls, like relative to the rest of the league. For the last few seasons, they've been shit. They've been pretty bad. They've been very bad. Recently, they've they've found form. You've, t- you've taken Zach Levine out of the team. They look fantastic. Real, like the morale's up. They're playing more to, as a team. Patrick Williams is playing better. DeMar DeRoy, anyway, it's not a Chicago Bulls podcast. The thing is, Spo needs to do a better job at using those points of emphasis. When you see Carl, you see Kobe White have six straight points. When you see DeMar DeRozan hit three buckets and two and ones back to back. Like, do something about it. Do something about it. You have to do something about it. It, it, He just kind of lets it go. He's like, okay, soon Jimmy will be back. You know, we'll bring this. I I feel like he's too set in those rotations where it's like, we're going to get you the the rest that you require. But, you know, if we're down by two after being up 14, (laughs) three minutes ago, you're still going to sit on the bench for that extra minute and a half. No. Go away from your mantra a little bit. Adjust. Fluid, fluidity is the, is you know it, it's the name of the game. You have to adhere to what is around you in your environment. I feel like he doesn't do a good a good enough job of that going into those fourth quarters. Play Hayward Highsmith at full twelve minutes. He's young. He can do it. He's my age. I could play twelve minutes. No, well, 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 where, where? I'm spicy with it, bro. I don't know, I don't know what to tell you. I'm I'm. You mean like spicy. a New York pickup court? You could play twelve minutes. Or like at a an auxiliary gym at a middle school. I could give you a solid eight minutes, seven minutes of of, of 
solid play over the 48 minutes against a Chicago Bulls. A Chicago Bulls with Zach Levine or not Zach Levine? Not Zach Levine. Too much athleticism. Okay, okay. I see, I'm picking up what you're putting down, and I'm going to throw it right in the recycling. And then, bin. and then, as soon as they, as soon as they say you're you're guarding this man, and I look at Javon Carter in front of me, and he will destroy me instantly. The kind of, you know, I was going to go somewhere with the tone in your voice when you said he's going to destroy me. I thought it sounded like you were going to enjoy it, but that's okay. I'll just we'll put an end to it right here. We'll put a, a capper on it, George. You giving an eight eight good minutes? How tall are you? Six foot. Okay, see, there it is. Okay, Harry, what what do you think the issue is with why they can't hold on to a lead in the fourth quarter? Not just this year, like we've touched on uh, an ongoing string of years now. Yeah, I think the way they play down to their opponents a lot. You know, I know this year they've really only had the two losses for teams under 500 to the Bulls, but they've had trouble in years past playing down to their opponents. I mean, listen, they beat Detroit by one in the first game of the season. Detroit's one of the worst things to ever happen in the history of basketball. Um, They should break up that team and never allow them to play again. But yeah, I think playing down to your opponent and these fourth quarter collapses are a mental thing where the team just takes their foot off the gas. This is the NBA. Like George is saying, he can give you eight good minutes. You know, you have to play 48 good minutes to win in the NBA. And so that's six times what George can give you if we're doing some quick math there. And the Heat just don't do it often. They're just not consistently giving you um, six different George frames of elite NBA. Leave me out of this, Harry. You brought yourself into it. If I can give give eight good minutes, what what can you do? Uh, No, I wasn't going to give any. I I would collapse out there very quickly. Your your leg would give out. You would need some solid insurance. That's all I'm going to say. You would need some... Absolutely sure. Just like the primary sponsor of this basement sports network, Simple Health Advisors. Insurance doesn't have to be complicated. Email, email them or give them a call today and tell them that the basement sent you at jpu at simplehealthadvisors.com. That is J-P-O-U-G-H at simplehealthadvisors.com. Or you can give them a ring at 321-345-7738. Holy God, that felt good. Holy God, that felt good. If you guys could I love tell, that. yes, I'm going to give George's flowers because that was a very nice self lob to himself. That like credit where credit is due. But if you guys didn't know what region of of the world George comes from, but the way he said H when he said James Pugh and said H, you guys might have a little idea. He's lucky that a Z wasn't in there because I know Australians say Z for Z. So at least at least he got to save himself on that. He has his headphones back on now. He didn't hear any of that. Um, but yes, it, it's it's a it's a concern for me, and I really don't know how they address it. I do think back to like the Tyler point with the minutes, Kyle being out this next game kind of remedied <coughs> for, for a one game sample size, right? Tyler's getting Kyle's minutes. So there you go. There, there's that at least, but it's more so for like the longevity of it all. I have a quick story. I'll let you guys dictate the conversation wherever you want to go afterwards to close. But a story I quickly have a, while I'm talking about Kyle Lowry, I said, I wasn't going to be mean to him, but I like I, I, I previously mentioned I was at the Hornets game the other night uh, where the Heat nearly fumbled like a 14-point lead. The Hornets have this thing where if you if the opposing team misses two fourth quarter free throws in a row, the whole audience gets free Chick-fil-A. And guess who trotted his happy little ass to the free throw line? in the fourth quarter with a chance to give away a bunch of free fast food 
I've already laid the puzzle pieces down. I'm sure our listeners have already connected the dots. Kyle Lowry, there was not a single doubt in my mind that this fat no, I've I've actually been really good this episode. I'm not gonna ruin it. There was no doubt in my mind that this son of a bitch, this low down dirty son of a bitch, was not was not gonna give the whole arena free chicken nuggets. It's exactly what he did. He bricked both of those things before he shot the first one. My wife looks over to me and she goes, "Do you think he's gonna miss both?" I looked at her. I said, "Do you see the size of his ass?" She said, "Yeah." I said, "Yeah." Your answer, therein lies your answer. He is going to miss these free throws, and you and I will be eating free Chick-fil-A tomorrow. And that's exactly what happened. So hats off to Kyle Lowry, because we still won the game, and I got free food out of it. It was just really ironic, I thought. So where do you guys want to dictate the conversation here now? Because that's all I have. We got nothing left. That should be the end. I think that's the perfect place to end. I'll let George jump in here. Following something. the conversation that we had about 20 minutes ago about the Tyler Hero saying how much we don't hate him and we love him as a human being. And he does do some good stuff on the court and he's not all bad. Following that conversation, I'd like to invite you to listen to our show in about two weeks' time when we talk about trades and break them down. Hot Tech Harry here will be breaking down approximately 18 or 19 trades with Tyler Hero involved in it. Now, it doesn't say, Tyler, we love you, and you're the best. You're the greatest, aren't you? You're so good. It doesn't yell how much faith we have in you. Then I don't know what does. But that's going to be a fun episode. You should definitely uh, check that one out. That's how, I reckon those will be our, our best, some of our best episodes. Yeah, in which we talk about trades. C- scenarios, trades. People love them, and we love them too. That's why we have Harry, because he's the best in the business at it. He is. He really is. I know he's going to cook out. He's going to cook up something fire that sends Tyler to like the Oklahoma City Thunder, and somehow we get or Kawhi Leonard out of it. I don't know how it's going to work. I I trust. I I fully trust Harry to get something to work somewhere in that regard. I I think that can be done, Harry. What do you think? Can you make something work for us? I can make anything work at any time, and it will always include Tyler Hero. Pretty much, you you can bank on that. Like like Kyle Lowry at the free throw line with an, an opportunity to give the whole arena free chicken nuggets, Tyler Hero is going to be involved in a hot take Harrison trade machine mock-up. But thank you guys so much for listening. We didn't want to keep you too long tonight. We appreciate you, as always, for tuning in, spending, what is it, 47 minutes now with some of your favorite random scrubs. Remember, everybody, take care. We'll talk to you next time. Be good people. Need a stop and a rebound. For you. Oh my. That was the Random Scrub Heat Podcast.